0: This is the Canty and
1: Carlin podcast.
0: Insufferable is a word that comes to mind. What my life could be like over the next week. Or actually really over the next month. If things go Canty's way.
2: Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to use the logic that you applied to Draymond Mm. and his suspension. You did it to yourself. (laughs) You did it
0: to yourself. Did I injure John Morant? You did it to yourself. <laughs> See, I would not be as down right now if they had lost the game and Ja was still healthy. No, 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 no. That's why. My- wait, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm going to be
2: honest with you. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he was out for, you know, the better part of the second half in game one, I, I would think that you would look at that as a positive with the hopes that he's going to get back. You don't have any torn ligaments or any, 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 any issues – in terms of any breaks so this is all about pain management for josh so the thought being hey maybe we can get him back at some point and he can
0: be the difference in those critical moments to me that's the win well yeah no listen i'm hopeful he's going to come back yeah wasn't a win in game one though when he got run out of the gym 15 nothing down the stretch well you didn't have but you didn't have john Morant. there's an easy
2: thing to point to and say okay that was the reason that that happened right so hopefully this guy can get back and he can be the difference in what we're going to see in the critical moments in clutch time.
0: I hope so. I Listen, if he's if he's back, I'm going to feel much better, but I, I'm a wins and losses, results-oriented guy. You know what? You know? I, I want him to come back just to give
2: you some hope, some modicum of hope, and just to see oh. you get your spirits up and no, for you, it all to come crashing down again. Here's why that's, you should, what, that's what I want. Here's I, I why, want this to be... Uh, a roller coaster of emotions for you this this yeah. series with the Lakers. You uh, you want me
0: emotionally spent and shot to hell afterward after they lose. It's exactly what I want. That's yeah. what you want. That's yeah. what I want. Here's the thing: if he doesn't come back, I got my out, and you're going to hear it all postseason, <laughs> the whole time. No, it's not going to be well, an out. It's you have a job. Out. What do you expect? What I mean, you, expect?
2: you can ride. You can ride that until the Lakers get out of the second round. And then once they get to the conference finals,
0: you have to eventually admit, hey, yeah, they were just a better team. Well, speaking of which, Canty, tonight, Ja, is a game-time decision for Game 2. Let's get the very latest. Here is ESPN's uh, NBA reporter, Tim McMahon, letting us
3: know the situation. He's going to be a game-time decision, according to Coach Taylor Jenkins. And the Grizzlies tend to be tight-lipped about injury status, regardless of the circumstances, Certainly in a playoff game, I don't expect them to tip their hand. Ja is going to test that hand a little bit this morning. He's going to do some shooting. He's going to do some dribbling. X-rays are negative. There's no breaks, no fractures, nothing structurally wrong. Uh, No torn tendons, no torn ligaments. This, in very large part, will come down to how much pain can Ja Morant manage in a game that is as close to a must-win for the Memphis Grizzlies as you can get aside from an elimination situation.
0: That's a must-win because you can't go down two games to none and go to L.A. at that point because you you borderline are eliminated then. They they absolutely have to win the game. I'm not optimistic because Wode said yesterday that there weren't too many people in the Grizzlies organization that were optimistic that he was going to be able to go in Game 2. So the question becomes, are they capable of winning Game 2 without Ja? I mean, I feel no, like a twenty. I, I feel no. like a 25% chance to 30% chance is what I'm looking at. And you probably think I'm being overly generous with that. Of course you are. And I know you want to you wanna look at this through. I know you're already shining up the Larry O'Brien. It is amazing the way you view this team, but that aside.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, listen, we had Big Perk on the show earlier. Like, who who's the number two guy? I mean, outside of Jaron Jackson Jr., who's going to be the guy that's going to step up? Is it going to be Desmond Bain? Are we really looking at him in that light? Are we looking at Dylan Brooks as that guy? Probably not. So, without John Morant or a significantly compromised John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies got no shot. They just don't. The Lakers are a better team, and as much as it pains you to admit it, you know what you're looking at when you watch these games. You know what you saw in Game One with Ja on the lineup. It's going to be worse. And if Ja, here's the thing, and if Ja can't prove to be a threat on the offensive end early in this game, if he does play, then you're going to start talking about more pressure on Jaron Jackson Jr. throughout the entirety of the game. So I'm pretty sure he's not going to drop 31 points again. So I just – I struggle to find a path to victory for the Memphis Grizzlies. And if they don't win game two, then this series does not get back to Memphis because the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, veterans with championship pedigree understand – the rest disparity that they could potentially have between uh, uh, with their upcoming opponent in round two it, it, it is going to ratchet up the urgency that these guys are going to approach games three and four with if they have the Memphis Grizzlies down 0-2
0: when they're going back to L.A. Frankly, I'm surprised right now, given what we know, that the Lakers are one-point underdogs in this game. Yeah, That's surprising to me. Are you going to make us take this as our play of the night tonight? I don't know how we couldn't, right? We have to well, take I this mean, as our I, play. Of I mean, I I may just disavow any relationship to this later if you're going to make I'm not going
2: to I mean, if it, if we're going to make this our play of the night, then 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 which side you leaning, big fella? If you got to pick a winner, which side you going
0: with? So you're going to make go ahead and the, say you're going to make his money with line my head baby versus my heart. Say, so go ahead and say it. Lakers money line baby. Say it. You see, here's the thing, though. I don't even think that's a great bet. I mean, no, no, no. Just because the odds are minus 105. Okay. Like, that that's all. That's all I'm saying. If they're going to be underdogs, I'd rather see it be a few more points, but it doesn't make any sense then. Then there's Giannis Canty, he? and he has been upgraded to questionable for game two. For me, I, I don't see a reason to push this. It's a back contusion. I don't think there's any reason... Uh, to not give him a little bit more rest. And uh, they are six-and-a-half-point favorites uh, on the assumption that he's not going to play. They were nine-and-a-half-point favorites uh, if he, before, prior to him being a uh, – was doubtful yesterday. And he's questionable today. So at six-and-a-half points, uh, I, I still expect the Bucks to win the game without him tonight. And having said that, even if they lost and went down to Miami, down two games to none – I still don't love the Heat's chances of beating the Bucks. I would operate under the assumption then that Giannis would be back for game three. Let, let me ask you a question, big fellow. Mm. If you had to start your franchise with one
2: player in the NBA today, who would that one player be? Giannis. It would be Giannis? Yeah. Well, you would be in agreement with 58% of current NBA players. Wow. Because based on a poll that the Athletic did – they were saying that that's the guy, overwhelmingly, that they would start their team with.
0: Mm. How be about Giannis,
2: I mean, it'd it have to be honest. It, it I don't know how it honest. couldn't be. It'd have to be honest. So I guess my point in bringing that up is, how could you not expect that the absence of a guy like this wouldn't be a huge detriment for your team's prospects of being able to win a playoff game? Listen,
0: my only thing is, can I get through tonight without him? Can That's you, my no, it's answer. Not, it's it's my not question. can
2: you get through tonight. Can you win tonight? You already lost home court advantage. If you go back to Miami down zero two, 2 now you're in a situation where you've got to win four of the next five games in order to advance, and you're talking about three of those games
0: being in Miami. Okay, so what chance would you get? Let's say you knew that Giannis was going to be – you sat them tonight, significantly healthier, but they lose game two. What chance do you give the Bucks from game three on to win the series? I don't like the proposition of having to win four out of five against a team that has the kind
2: of pedigree, a franchise that has the kind of pedigree in the postseason like the Miami Heat. I just wouldn't do it. Mm. I just wouldn't do it. I don't feel great about it. Now, I'm not saying that Tyler Hero isn't going to be a huge loss for them because Tyler Hero is a 20-point-a-night guy, but – in terms of the two teams and the losses that they could potentially be dealing with due to injury in game two, overwhelmingly the bigger concern would lie with the Bucks. Now, you're going to have to rely on Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton uh, and, and the supporting cast to step up. Bobby Portis, Jay Crowder, we'll, we'll got, we're going to have to get significant contributions from those dudes. Like Guys are going to have to step up in a big way in over to overcome the loss of Giannis and win this game against the Heat. Because here's the thing. The Heat know they're the underdog, and the Heat know that they can't give away opportunities that they have a chance at a winnable game. And, and with Giannis out of the lineup, you would look at game two as a winnable game. So not only is it a must-win game for the Bucs, this is a must-win game
0: for 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 the Miami Heat, too. I, I think that's a very fair point. I, I think it's a must-win for, for, for the Heat, absolutely, with Giannis out of the lineup. I absolutely believe that. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. We've got the Grizz and the Lakers. In fact, we're going to Memphis in 20 minutes from now to get the lowdown on what's going on tonight as I will search for any sort of hope for the Grizz. The coverage tonight, presented by Indeed, coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and Sirius XM Channel
1: 18.
4: Okay, football fans, let's get
0: back to some football.
1: This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin.
0: There there are times he just ruins our little intro. (laughs) Let's get back to some football. Oh, my God. Canty, interesting news earlier today. Ian Rappaport from NFL Network uh, said that San Francisco has been fielding calls about a potential trade for Trey Lance and made sure to point out that they were not calling other teams, that other teams are calling them. Nothing appears imminent, but the 49ers have a level of confidence in Brock Purdy that he will be the club's starter when he is healthy. So with that in mind, I tell you, this is a very interesting proposition because the first team that comes to mind is, uh, something that you pointed out this morning, it is a guy that was with the 49ers and ran Carthon, and he is now running the Tennessee Titans, and mm-hmm. uh, when uh, this first happened, when he took the job, Trey Lance put out the, you know, chip the big eyes emoji, like maybe I could end up in Tennessee after all this. If you're the Tennessee Titans, is this something you're pursuing? Yeah, I got to look at it.
2: I got to look at it. I mean, Tennessee in Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft was making a jump from 11 to 3 in order to take a quarterback. And thinking about the draft capital that they would have to get up, give up to get their hands on you know, potentially the third best quarterback in this class, why wouldn't you kick the tires on a player like Trey Lance who we still don't know what he's capable of being? Uh, Kyle Shanahan – pretty pretty good evaluator of talent was ready to turn over the keys to the franchise to Trey Lance at the start of this season and had it not been for bad fortune it, it could have been Trey Lance leading the 49ers to a deep playoff run rather than Brock Purdy but as such because Brock Purdy stepped in and played so well guys in the locker room are going to have a certain allegiance a certain loyalty to him because he's actually done it whereas Trey Lance is just a projection so if you could get your hands on Trey Lance, a guy that Jordan Reed said if he was in this class would be the third best quarterback right there with Anthony Richardson, then why wouldn't you pay a lesser price in terms of draft capital to get him from San Francisco as opposed to trading inside of the top 5 to get one of the one of the second or third best quarterbacks in this class?
0: Yeah, and I got to tell you like when I'm looking at it, let's say you're San Francisco, they do not pick in this draft until 99th. Yeah. 99th. That is where the compensatory third-round picks start. I'll give you two other teams that I would put in this mix that are looking for a quarterback that if they're not 100% in love with what's in front of them, that I would absolutely kick the tires on Trey Lance. Hmm. And they're in that same division. I think the Texans should do it. Texans have a ton of draft picks this year. I think they've got five in the top 100. And then, if I were the Indianapolis Colts, if I was either one of those two teams, and if I'm the Texans and I don't feel like um, C.J. Stroud is worth the second pick and I don't love the other two, then maybe I'd just take the best defensive player and Will Anderson or whomever, and then... Uh, I, I do that for Trey Lance. I trade a a, second, a couple of second-round picks or something like that the next couple of years. And if I'm the Colts, would I rather have him than Anthony Richardson? I think I'd probably rather have Trey Lance.
2: I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I think the dominant traits that we've seen from Anthony Richardson um, w- would be what I would be looking for. And then here's the benefit that you get if you're the Colts. You're talking about having a quarterback on a rookie deal for the next four seasons guaranteed, five seasons guaranteed with the fifth-year option. With Trey Lance, that clock has already started. So if you're the Colts, and from a talent standpoint, both players are right there, I would probably lean with the guy that that has more years on a rookie contract because that gives me more opportunity to build the supporting cast around him. Um But that being said, I mean, the Colts are inside of the top five, so it's not a huge leap for them to go after a guy like uh Anthony Richardson for the Tennessee Titans, you know that that's a different that's a different story mm-hmm. so I, I just I look at it from the standpoint like if you're a team that's picking in the teens or picking in the twenties that has a veteran quarterback that's aging and you're looking to move off of him, maybe you consider making one of those calls to the 49ers but let's be clear about one thing with this entire situation the san francisco 49ers would not allow this to be out here unless they were seriously wanting to move off of Trey Lance. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Like the fact that they're, they're saying, oh, no trade is imminent, and we're not calling teams, but people are calling us. The fact that you would put that information out there lets us know exactly where you're at with Trey Lance and what you believe you're going to get from Brock Purdy. And so you you've made it clear, we have no use for a guy that we invested three first-round draft picks in two years ago. We're, we're auctioning him off. Hey, call us. We're, we're ready to make some make some deals happen before the draft. So I just, I just I just find it funny that the 49ers are saying we're not actively calling somebody. We're not actively pursuing a trade for Trey Lance. Yes, you are. By putting this type of report out there, you're letting it be known that you're open for business, that you want to move off of
0: Trey Lance because you want it to be Brock Purdy's team. Are they right to do that? Uh, I mean – Look, I know he went to the NFC Championship game. I saw what he did last year. Man, I I would hate to make that kind of a move and I listen, I'm I'm a guy that never wants to look at the opposite side of what could happen. But all I invested there would get back let's say 30 or 40 cents on the dollar at best. Sure. And then I'm going to go and with Brock Purdy who had a nice six, seven-game stretch, and believe he's my guy long-term. Now, I'm in a position to win right now, so maybe I feel that good about it that as long as he doesn't screw it up, we're okay. I don't know that the 49ers are right to believe he's their guy long-term. I get where it's tempting, especially from a financial standpoint.
2: Yeah, that's the thing about the 49ers, right? It seems like they they operate with their quarterback being a game manager, and they can still do high-level winning. Yeah. They're an aberration. They're the exception, not the rule. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, having Brock Purdy, a seventh-round pick on a rookie contract for at least the next two years, that allows you to put money into other areas on your team. And you just paid Javon Hargrave a lot of money in free agency. You're going to have to pay Nicky Bosa this offseason. You're paying Debo Samuel a lot of money. You're paying Christian McCaffrey a lot of money. You're paying George Kittle a lot of money. You're paying Fred Warner a lot of money. When you've got all of these top-of-the-market contracts that you have to account for, you got to save somewhere. And it seems like the quarterback position has been that spot for Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah, I think that they're pot committed to Brock Purdy in terms of what their future looks like and how they're going to compete for championships. They ain't going after an expensive option at the quarterback position
0: because they can't afford it with the rest of the guys that they have on that roster. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, you know, a lot of things. Bundle today at progressive.com. Up next, we head to Memphis and we find out if I have any reason for hope tonight or if I should just head straight to the liquor store. Not for myself, for Canty's giant walker <laughs> Although maybe I'll pick something up too. Yeah. Carlin. ESPN yeah. Radio. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle.
5: Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
4: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. John, how much pain are you in? I've got a bit of pain. Uh, it's my hand. The MRI yesterday definitely showed a re of his hand injury that he had in the Milwaukee game, you know, dealing with some pain, some soreness. It's going to be a game time decision. He's going to come in, get working in the morning, test it out, see how he's feeling. I do not sense a great deal of optimism around this Grizzlies team that John Morant will be ready to play in game two. He's progressing to dribbling and shooting as much as he can, you know, as I say, but we'll see how he wakes up tomorrow.
0: We are 60 minutes away from the opening tip and just 30 minutes away from our coverage here on ESPN Radio of Game 2. Lakers and Grizzlies from FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. Kanti and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We go to Memphis right now. We welcome in Corey Alexander, ESPN basketball analyst and fellow Virginia Cavalier to Christopher Canty. Wahoo wah! Let's go!
3: Let them know. <laughs> <laughs> <him> know, CC.
0: <laughs> Corey, we appreciate a few minutes, especially uh, this close to tip-off. So first up, what are we hearing about John Morant?
3: Well, there was just a tweet released, and I have to verify the source, that said John Morant was inactive, and so that he will not play in Game 2. And, um, you know, that that's shocking to me. I thought that he would give it a try. Um, I'm I'm assuming that the Memphis Grizzlies saw that he was favoring the hand too much and really wasn't unable to do much with that right hand because he played with the hand heavily taped, heavily bandaged on Sunday and was effective, actually knocked down two threes with that right hand. So shocking to see that. Um, Of course, T. Morant's my guy. T. told me on Sunday he'll be out there. So John must really be experiencing some discomfort to not be able to play. Corey, Corey,
0: our own Tim McMahon, by the way, Chris, just confirmed that, that Ja is out for tonight.
2: Corey, with Ja Morant being out, we know that a lot of the responsibilities in terms of point guards duties are going to fall on Tyus Jones. But what exactly does this do do to Taylor Jenkins' rotation? And who are the guys that you're going to be looking to step up in game two in Ja's absence?
3: Well, I'll start with who needs to step up. The guys that need to step up, of course, are Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain. They have to be better on the offensive end of the floor. And there's been so much conversation regarding Tyus Jones being the best backup in the game and what he's done in Ja's absence. And that is all true. But what many people don't understand is in professional basketball, when you take Ja out and you move Tyus Jones into that spot, who becomes Tyus Jones? Tyus Jones. The reason he's the best backup point guard in the game is because he comes off the bench and there's very little drop-off, if any, but also in the fourth quarter and in the second quarter, he and Ja on the floor together. So the production that you're normally getting from Tyus Jones coming in and being that best backup in the NBA, who now takes over that spot when Tyus Jones has to become a starter? That's what I don't think many people understand when when you lose a guy like Ja Now, of course, Tyus, who has been great, and they won so many regular season games without Ja, who becomes the Tyus Jones of the team when there's no Ja Morant on the floor?
0: Corey Alexander, ESPN basketball analyst. He will have the call tonight right here on ESPN Radio of Game 2 of the Grizzlies and Lakers. And as we just uh, found out, Ja Morant officially is out for tonight with that right-hand soreness. So, Corey... What chance do you give the Memphis Grizzlies in this game tonight?
3: You know, in this environment, playing on their home floor, I still give them a chance. Of course, the chances are are lessened because there is no Ja Morant, but this is a good team, and we've talked about how they're used to playing without Ja Morant. I covered the Grizzlies a couple times during the stretch where Ja was suspended for those eight games, and they were able to get wins during that stretch, I actually, you know, got back to their winning ways without Ja, after struggling, you know, with the stretch before he got suspended. So they're capable. Um, The chances are lessened. I give them probably about a 30%, 35% chance of winning this game, of course, which would have been much higher if Ja Morant were here playing in game two on their home floor.
2: Corey, I know a lot of people throw around the moniker, must win, but... This certainly feels like it could apply in this situation or at least amount to a can't-lose for the Grizz. If they do, in fact, drop game two, what chances do you give this team of being able to get the series back to Memphis?
3: Very slim. <laughs> yeah. those, ch- those chances are slim when you think about Because, again, it, coming into these playoffs, I would have picked the Lakers regardless, okay, without with, with job ja being healthy. You would have picked the Lakers just because of the way the Lakers ended their season and also the way the Grizzlies ended their season. So when you look at it, the Lakers were playing with more momentum. And you would have picked the Lakers to win this series, but you were thinking, okay, they win it, you know, in seven games. Maybe in six games games, they win it on their home floor in game six. But without Jabba Rant, the the chances of this coming back to Memphis if they lose this game are, are slim to none.
0: Corey, Chris made this point earlier off the air. I'm curious to get your take. Does this also now become a game where LeBron smells blood in the water?
3: I I would say this the Lakers would smell blood in the water. I don't necessarily know that it's LeBron um, because one of the things that we've seen from LeBron James, you know, and we saw it in games in game one on Sunday, but really since his return from injury. LeBron's not trying to take over games. LeBron is trying to defend that the level that his team was defending when he was out. And so when he's doing that, he doesn't have as much energy on the offensive end to try to take over games, but he's helping his team win by being a good defender, and now they're a much better team defensively. And so I don't think that LeBron individually says, okay, there's blood in the water, I'm going to go do this, but I think the Lakers collectively say, now there's blood in the water. We're about to go do this. And, again, I don't put all that on LeBron's shoulders. I put that on Darvin Ham's shoulders. And that's what he's preaching to his team in the locker room before this game.
2: Talking with ESPN basketball analyst Corey Alexander on Canty and Carlin. And, Corey, uh, uh, another injury that we're watching closely is that of the uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's dealing with the back contusion. And, and so we're waiting to see what happens on that front. How does that impact what you expect to see from the Milwaukee Bucks in Game
3: Two? I expect to see the Bucks win that game with or without Giannis, and I think it's different when you take, you know, John ja Morant out of the mix against the Lakers in comparison to what Giannis brings not only to the Bucks but also the Miami Heat scored 130 points in Game One. It, it normally takes two weeks for the for the Heat to score 130 <laughs> points, All right, so so now when you think about. Tyler Hero being out you're talking about a 20 point per game score I think the Bucks take care of business in game two the question with them becomes now with Giannis honestly if I'm Bud I may not even attempt to play Giannis tonight I think his team can take care of business without Giannis on the floor and make sure Giannis is 100% healthy or as healthy as he can possibly be for game three I think he can trust his team to win game two without Giannis
0: Corey, have a great call tonight. We hope it's a good one in Memphis. We Thank really hope it's a good one and a close one as somebody that has a wager with Chris Canty on this Uh
3: oh. Uh oh. Scared <laughs> yeah, money don't make none, baby.
0: <laughs> Corey Alexander, ESPN basketball analyst. You'll have the call. All our coverage of the Grizzlies and Lakers game two beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Canty, quickly, I have checked the sports books. Take a guess in the last 10 minutes as to how much the line has moved since the news became official that John Morant is out.
2: I'm going to say the line has moved
0: six points. No, no. It only moved two points, which I'm surprised by. Really? The Lakers went from one-point underdogs to one-point favorites so far. Now, you would have to think that a lot of people will be jumping on that up until game time.
2: Yeah, that's going to move even more. There's yeah. no way. I mean, the Lakers laying a point? Yeah. So far. I, yeah, I, nah, I don't see that happening, man. Uh, yeah. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I'd, I think, I'd, I'd think have this, to agree. I think, this lands on, I think this lands on the Lakers being four or five-point favorites.
0: It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, what do we like to do? We like to make people money. We'll do that next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM, Channel 80.
5: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Of
0: love this song. I love We Are Family. I don't feel like it tonight, though. Canty and I are at odds. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app because of the wager that we have on the Grizzlies-Lakers series. And now Canty is going to make it even worse for me with the play of the night.
1: Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right. Well, we got to go to the Lakers-Grizzlies.
0: And with that... Uh, just in the last few minutes, since it was announced that John Morant is officially out, the game went from Grizzlies minus one to Lakers minus one. So I assume we are. Uh, I'll I'll try to do my best to turn this into a Carlin can't lose game, because okay. at least if we can win the parlay, I'll feel better about that. There you go. That's a way to look at the glass half full, big fellows. Maybe we can take that and put that winnings, those winnings, toward you know paying off the bet. You might you might need to. Yeah, Lakers. That's not a cheap bottle of liquor. All right, Lakers minus one. Uh, points. Well, somebody's got a score for Memphis. Dylan Brooks, 15 and a half. What do you think?
2: Yeah, he's got to redeem himself. He was absolutely atrocious in game one. He was 5 of 13 from the
0: field, including 2 and 9 from three-point land. And then let's make it a little bit easier on ourselves. Rebounds. How about D'Angelo Russell, two and a half rebounds?
2: I'm all over that one. For a guy that played 35-plus minutes in game one, if he's going to be out there on the court, he's going to get a couple of rebounds. How do you not run into
0: there. three rebounds? That's my I mean, point. Yeah. That's so we'll point. do that. So this is our play. I feel play. like we just gave it the kiss of death, though, by saying it that way. <laughs> this is our play. Lakers minus one. Dylan Brooks over 15 and a half points. D'Angelo Russell, uh, total rebounds two and a half over. Canty, three-leg game parlay plus 440. That's not bad. Plus 440. Not, not a bad, bad piece of change.
1: That is your play. of Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and Out. Earlier this afternoon, Max Scherzer of the
0: Mets tossed from the game after he was pitching against the Dodgers after repeated checks for a sticky substance. He wasn't thrown out for having it. But for arguing it, saying he didn't, and he said, I'd have to be a moron to do that.
4: Well, no, he said my hand's too sticky. I said, I said, Phil, that's sweat and rosin. There's sweat and rosin. I kept repeating. I had sweat and rosin. I swear on my life, it's sweat and rosin. Like, I knew I was going to get checked. I, like I said, I'd have to be an absolute idiot to use anything else. I'd literally go out there with sweat and rosin. i get ejected. You know it's weird, Canty. We saw
0: the same thing last weekend with uh, Domingo Herman. Nobody got ejected other than Aaron Boone in that game.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that the Umps took it to these links. I mean, and to see how demonstrative Max Scherzer was, I kind of believe what he's saying. I, 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 I believe actually, him too. I actually believe it's just Ross, and, yeah, and 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 that's what what the Umps were were were, were feeling on his hands, but. The fact that they tossed him i mean the guy was was cruising through three innings only allowed one hit and had three strikeouts i mean it's no harm no foul because the mets end up winning anyway but it's just one of those situations that you hate to see but if nothing else rob manford and the league office they sent a clear message about where they stand with sticky stuff with players and pitchers make sure that you're staying within the rules and using the rosin as opposed to anything else.
0: Scherzer's not a guy that I think is using anything either, especially now. How about Steve Kerr's reaction to Draymond Green's Game 3 suspension? Extremely
3: surprised and then immediate into, all right, what's next? How do we win the game? We would know what the league decided to do, and, and we have to respond accordingly and go out there and go win the game. I've said it many times. We, we don't have a single championship. Here without Draymond Green, he's crossed the line uh, over the years, and it's, um, that's part of it. We will go to go to bat for Draymond and and uh, you know go to battle with him every day of the week. I'll be
0: surprised if they don't get exceptionally hyped for this game tomorrow night and win it despite not having him.
2: I will say this: how they play in Game Three can be somewhat of an indicator in how that team feels about Draymond too. Like in these types of situations, when, when a key guy gets suspended, you rally, you want to have your guys back. You don't want him to feel like he's the reason why you might have lost game three, knowing how pivotable is and how you, and, and be, feel like he's the reason why you lose this series overall. Like to me, this, this could be a little bit of an indicator on how that locker room feels about Draymond Green and his antics. If they come out flat, knowing how well they've played at home throughout the regular season, maybe hmm. it is starting to get time for Draymond Green to, to look at other places. Maybe it is time to shake it up a little bit in Golden State. I'm just floating that out there. I'm not saying that that's the case, but based on what Big Perk said and listening to what Steve Kerr said and watching how all of this has unfolded, it wouldn't shock me in the least if they did not play well that we would start hearing grumblings not only from the outsiders but people inside the organization questioning whether it's
0: time to move on from Draymond Green. And this final one is just bad juju for me. I hate this. Desmond Bain's got this toe injury, right? So he is forced to wear a different pair of sneakers so he can play with it. But he is a Nike guy, and he has tried all the different Nike sneakers. Can't he? The only ones he can wear right now are Lebron's. (laughs) I mean, come on! I love it. Oh, come on! I love it. That's weird about this. I'm sorry.
2: If you're Bron and you look across and Desmond Bain is wearing your sneakers. There's no way in your mind you're not thinking, I'm going to kick this guy's ass
0: tonight. There's no way. There's no way. Oh, I can see LeBron just going up, absolutely just throwing down and posterizing on him and saying afterward, I'll send you a free pair. I'll sign the pair that you actually have on right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can watch me the rest of the playoffs. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
4: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.